You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. Tough times right now in Lakerland. But you know what? We're going to look at both the good and bad with the current Los Angeles Lakers situation. And here to break it down with me today is a good friend back once again. You got to check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.net. You got to go ahead and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. It is a good man indeed. It is Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Tom, it is currently a little bit of a tough time right now. Three straight losses to Indiana, Milwaukee, and now Denver this past weekend. Christmas is on the horizon. It is looming, but we're going to both look at the good and the bad in the situation because you know what? They are still three games ahead of everybody in the Western Conference, and I think that's a lot to be proud of and a lot to be happy for this holiday season. Yeah, I agree, Gerald. Uh, you know, as we said before we started the podcast, if we had predicted before the start of the season that the Lakers would be 24-6 and six at this point, um, we'd be thrilled with that record. You could almost see the three and, and maybe even a four-game losing streak happening just just because of the nature of the situation. For the last three games, it's been obvious that LeBron James was just not himself on the Indiana game or the uh, Milwaukee game. We find out later, in addition to the back issue that he suffered during the uh, Pacers game, that he's been suffering with a groin problem. And that brings up, you know, fears of exacerbating that injury because that's what kept him out last year for a long period of time. So... When you take in, into the fact that uh, Anthony Davis also has been dinged up uh, with his uh, ankle injury that kept him out of the Pacers game, and then uh, the the uh, the uh, hyperextended knee that he suffered on when he slipped on a wet spot on the floor uh, in last night's game, you know, it, all of a sudden I'm seeing a little different attitude, perhaps by the Lakers uh, for load management, and uh, and and then also I still think that that uh, you just can't panic at this point in time. Uh, Frank Vogel always said that it's an 82-game season, and sometime during the season you're going to hit these these rough spots, these speed bumps. And and I think that the injuries, the these little nicks and dings that the Lakers are getting, which you can point a lot, I think, to that, as well as the overconfidence you get when you're 24-3 and three and you've just been romping through the schedule without any problems, and then all of a sudden you, you hit a few blips. So uh, I don't think it's anything to get panicked about. I sure wouldn't let it ruin a Lakers Christmas. 
I think that you just have to take a long view of these situations, and, and it's, it's great to have that one-game-at-a-time attitude that the Lakers have, but at the same time, you just can't panic when you run into, run into some tough teams. This is the NBA, and uh, you see Giannis come out there and get five out of eight three-pointers and AD go 0 for 6. You're going to expect those kind of results. If you get outscored 24 to 4 by your bench, uh, it's pretty hard to overcome that. And then last night, uh, just watching that game, you know, uh, playing without LeBron James, uh, this is a roster that was specifically built around LeBron James, specifically designed by Rob Palenka to avoid the mistakes that Magic Johnson made the previous year and to surround LeBron with the kinds of players that are perfect complements to him. If we'd had enough money or if we hadn't waited so long, you know, for Kawhi Leonard to make his decision, then maybe we could have gotten – you know, an elite point guard or an, an elite scorer, third scorer, fit with that team. But we were limited on what our options were. And I think Palinka did a great job. I think what we need to do at this point in time is take a look at two different areas. The first is load management. Well, LeBron James and Anthony Davis have never suffered those career-threatening injuries that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard went through, uh, which is a lot of why the Clippers have such a strong – position on load management, aside from the fact that Kawhi basically required that in order to sign with him. Um, I think the Lakers need to be a little bit smarter about making sure to keep LeBron and AD fresh. I worry a little bit about a groin injury with LeBron again. Groin injuries are like those high ankle sprains. They just tend to linger and linger and linger and come back to bite you. And the same thing uh, with, with AD. He's, you know, he's dinged up. He, He's got the rib problem. He's got the elbow problem. He's got the ankle problem. And now he's got the hyperextended knee, you know. I'm not sure that both of them are going to play on Wednesday. And frankly, at this point in time, I really don't care. I'm almost more prone to wanting to make sure let's keep them healthy uh, and let's just make sure that we be a little smarter. Uh, it's great to want to play for every game so that the fans aren't disappointed. But by the same token, it's a long, long season. And you just got to be smart about that. And then secondly, I think that uh, I think we've seen pretty clearly that, especially when LeBron's not in the game, that we miss a, an elite playmaker and we miss a third or second scorer who can provide, you know, a good 20 points per game production on that you can count on day in and day out. So I think that the Lakers have to take a hard look at trades. And I think the way to look at those trades is to look at the last two teams they traded with. The teams that uh, brought them Anthony Davis, uh, the Washington Wizards and the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they each have the player that would solve the Lakers' problems of, of, of perhaps an overly dependent roster that's overly dependent upon LeBron James' playmaking and, and, and scoring abilities. I'd love to see them somehow work out a deal where they could, where they could bring in uh, Drew Holiday to be a starting point guard on the team and to take care of the playmaking and, and scoring options that we would miss if LeBron was out. And I really love Davis Bertans. I think he would be a perfect guy coming off of the bench. Don't know whether we got enough power to get those guys. I know that the coach of the Wizards was remarking that he loved the guys at the end of the Lakers bench, was hoping to get a couple of them next year. So maybe that next year was uh, 2020 that he was talking about. But I'd love to see uh, what Rob Lincoln can do to try to get one, at least one of those two guys, to 
to help the situation and give us a little more firepower and hopefully playmaking when LeBron has to sit. And I don't want to say I told you so because that's that's not what <laughs> yeah, it's all you about. Will. But uh, no, no, not no. That's that's it's the holiday season, so I want to be nice about this. Uh, and again, as I stress every single time, Rob Palenka should not be at fault for this situation in regards to players three through fifteen, right. because of the fact he did the best he could with a what could potentially have been a really bad situation with Kawhi doing what he did. Kawhi was very calculated in what he did when he did it and why he did it because he didn't want to be part of the Lakers, but he also wanted to go at, at that same time and hurt a potential team that could contend with them. That was right down the hall. And he did both. And, yep. and we're feeling the effects of it now because when LeBron and AD are out one or the other, we, we are severely affected. At, and that's the problem you have when you have a, such a, a top tier team with the top two players so far ahead of everyone else on the roster. And yes, when LeBron and AD are there, we can match up with anybody. And you know, when they're healthy, we saw a glimpses of that in the Milwaukee game, when the shooting started to come around a little bit and we were catching up and we were closing in within five, you can see the fact that we can compete at a level where it, you know, right there with the big teams in the NBA. But the problem is they have to be at their optimal level and the team has to shoot well enough in order to support them. And right now they're not getting that. These 40% career shooters like Troy Daniels, uh, Quinn Cook, Danny Green, they're not shooting the Avery way Bradley. That, Yeah, Avery well, Avery Bradley's not been a great three-point shooter. Well, he shot uh, 40% the last two years and uh, he's shooting 20. No, I, I, I disagree with you on that. You're gonna I can look that up right now while, while we go ahead on our next question. But <laughs> he's been very streaky. I'll, I'll say that when it comes to Avery Bradley. I know he did shoot well in his tenure in Memphis. Right. But the rest of the season when he was at the Clippers, he was absolutely horrid. So and that's the reason why the Clippers moved him uh, in regards to that. So he's just all over the place when it comes to career and his career is 36. So that's, you know, a little bit above league average, but yeah, you know, right now he, you know, you get what you get with him and, and basically you want him for good defense yeah. and if he can hit decent shots, but the Quinn cooks of the world, the Danny greens, of the world, Danny green hit 43% last year from three point range for Toronto in, in their championship run. And he's not getting it done. You have Quinn Cook, who's also a 40% shooter. You also have Troy Daniels. His only task is to shoot and shoot well, and he's not getting it done. So you have those issues. Plus, also, Anthony Davis is not shooting well from the three-point area. That also hurts you. Yes, we want him to take more three-point shots, but when he's not making any of them, that's a problem. So there's a lot of issues there with the shooting that's surrounding LeBron. That's a major issue they need to address. So you said a great playmaker like Drew Holiday, that would be great. But if you could also get J.J. Redick or, like you said, Davis Bertans, that would be awesome. But, again, it comes down to the assets that you have. The Lakers don't have any draft picks either to go ahead and trade, and that's also a severe problem for the team as well. If you want to go ahead and build that roster before the buyout market begins because you never know what you're going to get when it comes to that buyout market. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more 
of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's an interesting thing. There's a couple of things that sort of disappointed me. One was I really didn't think that they should have uh, started Bradley over KCP. Uh, KCP has been playing terrific as a starter. I'll just say this. KCP is very streaky himself. Right. And he had a confidence issue. And you saw this uh, both last year and then this year where he was just all over the place. And then this year when he started off so bad, but I think it's a confidence issue with him and he needs to be in that starting lineup for him to build that kind of confidence coming off the bench. Yeah, for I, some agree reason, I agree with that. It, it just, for some reason, it just doesn't click with him yeah. conscious wise. And, and, and I think there's an issue there. Kyle Kuzma, you know, Kuzma, I, you know, the Kuzma of two years ago, we don't have as of yet. And yeah, he's had injuries all over the place and he's still coming back fresh off another injury, but he has got to go ahead and step it up. He's not been aggressive the way he was even last year when he was shooting so much. Not the and the efficiency wasn't there, but at least he was aggressive. And we're not seeing that yet this year because he's not sure how to play with not one but two superstars. And I get that, and I understand that's going to take time. And we're complaining and we're we're saying all these issues with the team. But again, like you said, they're three games up in the Western Conference. That's not a bad place to be. The other, the other side of the coin, though, is that there was a great interview with Anthony Davis, and, and what AD basically said is the problem isn't the offense. The problem is the defense, that we have, they've lost their defensive edge. They've been getting guys blown by. They just have not been locking down on people the way that they did before. So I think a lot of that comes from, from a combination of things. When, when, you have, when you have a bunch of little nagging injuries to your superstars, and you play two of those three games that we lost without one of those two superstars. And you just come off of a 24 and three record that's going to inflate your head and make you think it's easier to win than, than it probably is. And you all of a sudden face three hard teams at the end of a road trip. It, you know, it's understandable of what's happened. You know, I don't think it's anything that's a big surprise. I'm, I, I never looked at the odds before the games, but if you were to look back and say, how were the Lakers going to do? against the Pacers without AD, then against Milwaukee, you know, when they're, when they're got all of these dinged injuries. And then finally without LeBron against the Nuggets, you know, who have been playing really great basketball and uh, who all of a sudden have a a center who it looked like the bust of the year at the start of the season. And now he's starting to play well. You got to just got to expect these things to happen. Lakers were not going to win 73 games. And I don't think, you know, I still think they have a good chance at, at finishing with the best record. It'll be tough because the Bucks have a lot easier schedule since they're in the Eastern Conference. But it's a long season still for the Bucks, And, and you know, they'll run, into their, they'll run into their little spells where they won't be able to hit the three-point shots that they were able to hit to stop the Lakers' comeback, you know. I don't see – the thing that I think is, is in looking at the roster is a couple of things. One – I really do think that we need to do some load management. 
I don't like the idea of LeBron going out there with any kind of a groin injury because that's the type of injury that if you just stretch the wrong way and reach the wrong way for a, to try to make a steal, you could easily exacerbate that and, and be out for a couple of weeks or be out for a couple of months. Well, you know what? When I stretch the wrong way, just heading towards the TV, I could be out for a couple of months. So I definitely hear you on that one. And then the other thing is, you know, we do have some assets, I think, to make trades. And at some point in time, I'd hate to I'd hate to lose Danny Green. But if you need a first round choice, then Danny Green is the first round choice because there's teams out there that would give up a first in order to add him to their roster. So, you know, you, you've got you've got Green and you've got Kuzma. Those are some good assets. I think the Washington Wizards would be very interested in THT. Uh, that kid has some real talent, and the the and they obviously love the guys that they've gotten from the Lakers. They've been good contributions. So there's some moves to be made, and we'll see what happens. We still got six weeks before you have to make any last minute moves. Uh, the trade deadline is February sixth, I believe. So you got you know six, maybe almost seven weeks there to see what's going to happen. I'm interested to see what happens on Wednesday. Whether the Lakers will. You know, I, I mean, in the ideal, ideal world, uh, all of these little lingering injuries are gone and, and LeBron and AD are going to come out in Christmas and we'll be at full strength. If we're not at full strength, then I would sit both of them and just go out and play the game and, and move on and, and just look at the whole long season. It's uh, one game is not enough to risk injuring either one of those two guys. I mean, I was surprised that uh, I was even surprised that they did not take Anthony Davis out of that game after watching his knee hyperextend the way that it did. Those are the types of injuries that, you know, that's, those are those little injuries that you see in plays that you just remember from last year when, on Christmas day, the last thing I'd have to do is have a second year in a row where LeBron gets injured on Christmas day and then, and the season just tanks after that. So we need to make some moves. We have a, we were in a good position. If we were had, had guessed that we would be 24 and six at this point in time, we'd be thrilled. And a three game losing streak could be a four game losing streak, but I still think the Lakers, you know, if we can stay healthy, we're going to go all the way. But I think we can make some moves so that we could stay healthy by being a little more careful about playing with through injuries and so forth. And I also think that there's some moves that Rob Palenka is going to make. If there's any silver lining to the three gamer streak that we losing streak that we've had it's that it's clearly pointed out the deficiencies that we have in the roster and it's going to motivate i think the front office to make some moves i hope it does because there are some moves that need to be made on that roster i mean they're just players that are not getting it done let's just put it out there and the fact that they're not shooting the way they were supposed to be shooting, and even at their average level, even at their career average, I'm not asking for five, you know, six percentage points above what they're what what they would normally do. I'm just talking about hitting their career yeah. average level. And in doing so, I wanted to ask you this: I mean, LeBron and AD are supposed to make it easier for these guys to shoot and make them more open and more available to shoot. And they're not doing so outside of Rondo, who, you know, Rondo, his numbers, he's not at 53% anymore. It's down, you know, substantially, but it's still right. above his career level. You well, know, outside, think, uh, well, hold on. Let me say, let's just say this. Outside of Rondo, we don't see that trend of shooting increasing. What are the factors of these shooters not performing at what they need to perform? I mean, 
LeBron and AD should make it easier on paper. They are, they are making they are making it easier because one of the stats that I was looking at the other day was the open and wide open shot percentages by the Lakers, and a big part of the discussion at the start of the year was really going toward your point that with LeBron and AD being such offensive threats that we're going to have a lot more opportunities from wide open and open shots. Well, the reality is, is that we have had a lot more opportunities with wide open and open shots. And last year we had seven guys who shot 40% or better when they were wide open shots. Well, this year what's happening is guys are missing those shots almost all through the lineup. And you go through it, you go look at a guy like Bradley, Bradley is shooting 23% on wide open shots. That means there's nobody within six feet of you. And you go down the roster one after another, and it's not necessarily the contested shots that we're missing that you would expect. Instead, it's the wide open shots. So maybe it's the law of averages. I know we started off season terribly, and we went through a really good streak, and we moved up to like third in the league in shooting. Now we've dropped back down into the middle of the pack again because the shooting has been atrocious recently. So it's hard to say, you know, the, I think I think he still comes back to the same thing that Anthony Davis said. The problem with the team right now isn't the offense, it's the defense. We built that 24-3 and record based on playing elite defense and putting our hat on defense and saying that we were going to win games or lose games on defense. We weren't going to count on our offense. We weren't going to count on having to out-shoot them from beyond the arc. We were instead going to be playing playoff-style defense every game. And even the last two or three wins, we could see that that sort of has diminished. Some of it was with Bradley out of the lineup, but a lot of it, too, was just everybody just relaxing a little bit, you know. We, they're leading the league by four or five games. It seems to be an easy route to go. You, 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 you just it's human nature to get overconfident. So I think that a big test as soon as the – soon as the guys are healthy again, LeBron and AD, we have to see that kind of defense that we saw before. We need to have a focus back on defense again. And I think the shooting shooting will come and go from game to game, you know, and, and we've lost some of the games we've lost have been because we haven't been able to keep up with other teams shooting. Some of the games that we've lost is because, like in the Bucks game, I absolutely think that the guys on the bench, the guys who aren't the superstars, they really got starstruck in that game, and they weren't taking shots. You see Rondo even, a veteran like him, turning down a shot in the corner where it was wide open, and you could see Frank Vogel screaming at him on the sideline. Caruso took left open a number of times, not even looking for his shot at times and so forth. So you're, some of it is just the glare of the spotlight on some of these guys because they weren't guys who were – these aren't 20-point-per-game 20 scorers that we've got. Well, instead, we've got a bunch of guys who are good shooters, but not the kind of shooters that really rack up a lot of points, maybe with the one exception of Danny Green, who will, who will go on a bender and, and really drop a lot of points on somebody. But the rest of them are guys that are two or three, you know, three-pointers a game type guys. They aren't the guys like Bertans who's going to take nine threes in a game on average, you know. Uh, and that's, you know, to take nine threes in a game, even if you're playing on the, on the lowly Wizards, says something about your personality. You know, that's the kind of guy you go to the gym and you know if you pass the ball to him, you're not going to get it back because he's going to let it fly. So I think the I think the Lakers just need to get back to the basics that made them the team that 
is the number one team in the West. Get back to playing that kind of tough defense. The rest of it will come around. Let's keep LeBron and AD healthy, and let's make some changes. Let's make some changes to bring in some firepower because we definitely need uh, somebody who can score, and we need a third reliable scorer who can get us 18 to 20 points a game, and we need a playmaker who can take over with LeBron, and that playmaker is not Rajon Rondo. Funny. I'm hearing echoes of myself two months ago talking about these very same things. I think I've created a monster. Over the past few weeks, I've seen you go from we don't need a third scorer, we don't need to make trades, to the exact opposite. And, you know, these are things that I've said because just the things I've seen as far as, you know, with the way that the the roster was laid out and who was on the roster and following their careers I could just tell these were things that they needed over the course of time. And the right. like you said, the law of averages would play out. Well, the law of averages have been playing out, especially over the last three games. But again, this could be a situation where Frank Vogel needs to get the team down and centered back and focused once again on playing defense. Because like you said, defense has gotten them to where they're at as far as that gaudy 24-3 and record. It got them where they needed to be as far as at the top of the Western Conference. And it's something where you can go ahead and just make the effort on defense a little bit more. And these things will all line itself up to where they're going ahead and still be respectful once again where they're at. And again, they have a three-game lead. And yes, if they focus on defense once again the way they need to, they can go ahead and be formidable in the way they need to be and the way they should be. But still, there are changes and tweaks you still need to make as players 3 through 15. You need to go ahead and make some type of tweaks in order to go ahead and look at the bigger picture. Because to me, that's what I've always been trying to do when I've said these things back either just before we started, just during the season. I'm 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 looking at the bigger picture. Even in the you know when I was going they were on their 24 and 3 high. I was always looking at the bigger picture and what does LeBron and AD need in a seven-game playoff series. And I wasn't sure that the roster the way it was, the way Rob Palenka had to assemble it after we got dissed by Kawhi Leonard, there are still some tweaks that need to be made. Now it's becoming more apparent to everyone out there that these tweaks need to be made. But again, I'm glad it's happening now and not hopefully later on in March or April or as we get close to the playoffs where the team loses confidence there. I'd rather have them have this tough period now that they could work through and go ahead and have a positive 2020 and lead them strong into the playoffs and hopefully get those things worked out from there. I'm not going to oppose you on the load management issue. I know it's something that the Lakers need to go ahead and look at, especially when you have a three-game lead. You've built that three-game lead. You might as well take advantage of it. Take a couple losses here and there that you normally wouldn't get. And I think they should go ahead and strongly consider that upcoming here in the next couple of weeks so that LeBron and AD can just have some other time to rest. And for the foreseeable future, I see good things in 2020. It just needs to get to a point where you need to make those tweaks that can help the team reach that next level, especially, like I said, in a seven-game playoff. I'm looking towards the playoffs. Once I realized just how good those two players were, I, I just felt that this roster needed to be supportive of them in a way that they weren't even in their 24-3 and three run 
because you see what the picture is, you know, long term when it comes to the roster and where it needs to go when it comes to a crucial playoff series. So I'm hopeful for the Lakers that they'll make the right moves in 2020. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to ask you this. What are your good wishes and good tidings for the Lakers and their Laker fans coming up here in the next few months this season? Well, my Laker wish list for Christmas is, uh, I put, I posted this on Lakerholics.net recently too, is, uh, LeBron, a healthy LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis for Christmas, a win over the Clippers, peace on earth, good health for myself and my family and my friends, and a championship at the end of the year. So we'll see. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy <laughs> happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. I'm curious as to, as to what would your tweaks be that you want to make? You've heard from my tweaks. Well, those are all good suggestions, but Drew Holiday and also J.J. Redick and Davis Bertans, those three are going to be hot commodities, and I'm not sure the Lakers have enough assets. So I'm not even sure if you should go ahead and point your direction in there. You need to look at other places where you can go ahead outside of the buyout market because mm-hmm. when the buyout market happens, you don't know exactly who until maybe at, just after the trade deadline you start hearing the whispers and rumors the adrian Wojnarowski's and and shams you you see you hear the rumors it's exactly the buyout market though yeah you, you, you can't you can't market there's a reason why they're on the buyout market you know? yeah. and sometimes you get a buyout player that plays well like enos Cantor did enos Cantor, yeah. he was a he was a buyout candidate he got he moved to another team and played extremely well. So you never know what you're going to get, but that's kind of, that, that's almost like playing Russian roulette there. You know, you never right. know what you're going to get. Dwight Howard. Get a, <laughs> Dwight, Dwight Howard. Yeah. You can get that or you can get a, a total stiff or it could work for you in another way. You've got to look towards players that can, you know, I think a wing right now, a wing that can shoot uh, is basically, I think what they need the most because they don't, you know, it, it helps LeBron and and AD if there was a tall wing that can shoot like six eight, six nine, right there that can that can go ahead and guard Kawhi, Paul George can go ahead and even play off against Giannis because Giannis was feasting on the guards that he was matched up against. I yep. mean, Alex Caruso, you know, got nothing but love for the guy, but when you got yep. you're you're facing Giannis on the other side or Avery Bradley's on the other side. Or Danny Green, or also as well KCP. I mean, that's just you know, I, I could see Giannis salivating at, at that point in time, and they were on an island all by themselves. They weren't doubling, they weren't doing anything. You know, that that's an issue for me. So I need. I first thing I would say is I, I know that people are targeting a playmaker. You know, somebody can go ahead and do that. I think we need a wing to match up against these wings that can go ahead and give them problems. 
that maybe a six eight, like a six a six eight, six nine wing well, that, imagine that, that can shoot at least thirty five to forty percent in that range. Imagine if we got you know the. Uh, I've also heard uh, over the grapevine that uh, it looks like the Mavericks are not going after Iggy. It doesn't look like anybody's going after Iggy in a trade. So there's a good chance we might end up with him. Covington would be a terrific grab for us. He'd be exactly the wing player that you need. And he's only 28 years old. He'd be perfect for the future. So, yeah, while we need a playmaker and, and a scorer, I can see your point about the defense because it goes back to the same thing Anthony Davis is saying, and Frank Vogel would say the same thing. It's, you know, if we can play the kind of defense we played before, we don't have to worry about the offense. I mean, if you've got LeBron in the game, LeBron in a in a seven game playoff series, he's going to play 37, 38 minutes. So really, how much of an extra playmaker do you need in that type of scenario? I would rather have the tall wing to go ahead and match up against uh, yeah. the, you but know, the LeBron. But if LeBron is dinged up. And that's my big concern. He's dinged up, so he misses one or two games in a playoff series. Then you really, then you're really in a spot. Oh, and that's true. But then again, you're you're also saying that LeBron's going to also suck it up and be able to be LeBron and tough it out for those type of matchups. Because I I, I really think it, you know unless he's really really hurt, he's not going to miss those type of matchups. I, yeah, I don't that, think in a playoff series. The Pacers and the Bucks games basically because LeBron. They were able to cut LeBron down in the Pacers and Bucks games. He did yeah, not. And he, did he, not and he was fatigued. Strong. He was fatigued. I'll give he you that. Out. He was. He, he could not. He could not take it to the rim the way that he'd normally take it. So that you know that's it would be entirely different if LeBron and AD were both 100 percent healthy and we lost these three games. Then I'd really panic. But I think that. Uh, Instead, I've got sort of a half panic that that I still want that I still want some trades to get some firepower and some playmaking, but at the same time, I think that we also just need to take care of their health. So at twenty four and six, we'll see where we are when we get into the new year. Well, I Next guess that we've been complaining all this entire show, but I want to stress again: there are worse places to be than twenty four and six, my friend. So could I be, like we could be Knicks fans. Exactly. We could be Knicks fans. We could be Hawks fans. We could right. be Warriors fans. Although the Warriors, you know, they're all looking the next season when they reload. Yeah. So I'm not exactly feeling bad for them. No, they're looking for the number one draft pick and wishing that the the NBA hadn't changed the rules on uh, yes tanking. You know, but there's still some good players at the top of the draft. Well, there where they'll be drafting, and you know they're going to have everybody back. So exactly, I'm not feeling so bad for them. Brooklyn not feeling so bad for them because they get KD back at some point in time. Hate to, see the, hate to see the Celtics winning. That's that's a disappointment. Well, you know, I can't have everything right there. I mean, they're playing well. You got to give them that. But right. uh, unfortunately, uh, well, it just makes it more tantalizing when the Lakers go into Boston or Boston comes by to the LA and makes it more attractive once again for for the league and whatnot because the league is sorely in need of ratings right. boost of some type, and that's something of a larger concern. And that's something on the next time we speak, hopefully in 2020, that we'll go ahead and discuss are these possible rule changes, the tournament. That's another podcast altogether. I want to talk to you and both TJ Johnson as well in the coming weeks here on the Lakers. Yeah, have TJ and I on the same show. That would be fun. 
I was trying to get him on today, but he's the traveling man. He's, you know, it's Christmas holiday season. It's oh, going yeah. left and right. I'm trying to get a hold of him, but he's a hard man to get. I mean, and also the fact that, you know, he's he's doing that Costco thing, you know, it almost makes me worry about my executive card, you know, the way it is right there, you know. <laughs> you know, just I'm, I just tell you what, he's been working hard indeed. And yeah, I definitely want to try and get him on another show, especially with you, I and see if we can go ahead and, and hook that up before the season ends. But Right now, I want to ask you before we head on out, and that is this, Lakerholics.net. You got to be a part of the conversation today if everyone out there, if you're not, there's so many great things to be a part of when it comes to Lakerholics.net. So I leave it now with you, Laker Tom, exactly what is going on and why you want to go ahead and catch what's going on with Lakerholics.net. Well, I think that uh, there's not a better time to be a Laker fan than right now. And and uh, even even with a three-game losing streak, nobody's really panicking. We all really believe in this team. We all love the team. It's funny. There's a lot of trade talk, as there always is on any blog. But I'd say that that even with the losses, the the uh, the heavy favorites are to hold on to the team you got. Nobody wants to panic. Nobody wants to trade Kuzma. Uh, they saw some good signs from him last night. Um, He's at least hitting those runners now rather than missing them like he was before. And so you just you just want you just want an opportunity to get there and talk with other Laker fans and see what's happening. And it's a great environment. It's a positive environment. It's not like going to the bar where you end up in a fist fight with the guy next to you. So I invite everybody to, to join us at Lakerholics.net. If not, uh, follow me on uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, LakerTom and uh Everybody have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next year. Absolutely, indeed. Once again, be a part of the conversation today at LakerHolics.net. And for us here at the Lakers Fast Break, if you have a question for Laker Tom and at Laker Tom on Twitter doesn't do it for you, although it should because he has a lot to say if you check out his Twitter and also his great articles on Medium.com as well. You can also check out us here at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or if you have a question you want to email us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. And if you can, please give us a holiday gift if you really like what we do. Send us out that five-star review. That would be an awesome holiday gift for us right here at Apple Podcasts. And the reason why I keep pushing that is, and that's why you hear all the other podcasters pushing it, is the more five-star reviews you get, the higher visibility you get to it potential target audience so we want to get laker fans knowledgeable about what's going on here at the lakers fast break especially for the season upcoming here in 2020 and last but not least i want to go ahead as well as laker tom wish everybody out there a truly merry christmas a happy holiday whatever you celebrate we just truly want to make it the best for you and we wish you and the lakers a great 2020 up ahead and again Still, another championship on the way. We're hoping. We're pulling for it, my friend, are we? Yep. Number 17. Number 17. You got to go ahead and beat those Celtics at some point in time. Got to go ahead and do it. Gotta, it's going to take some time, but we'll start in 2020. We'll start that off in a new decade right there. For you. We started off the last decade with a championship. So we're going to go ahead and start this decade off as well. Well, Laker Tom, it's always great to have you on the show. Just always awesome to be a part of what's going on with Lakerholics.net and, of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Happy holidays, everyone. 